and welcome back for episode 8 of Burvey Sports Block. As you well know, we're easing back into this wonderful world of sports. Opening day was just a few days ago this past week, and most baseball teams have already completed their first series of action with a couple teams uh, slated to finish up that first series later today. The PGA has been back for some time, and the NBA is nearly back. They're getting back this week as well. And at the end of this week, the NHL is back. The uh, playoffs or play-in games to make it to the playoffs occur this weekend and going forward. So we're going to have baseball, basketball, hockey, and golf. And then football's right around the corner if everything goes according to plan. Right now, the NFL isn't slated to have any preseason games, but training camps are supposed to meet as scheduled uh, prior. Um, it is kind of unfortunate because the rookies and other players don't get a chance to really show themselves and make the roster, but we can touch on that later. As I just said, there's a lot to talk about, so let's get to it. mentioned just a few moments ago baseball is back and if you've been living under a rock then maybe you haven't realized this but there is reason to actually go to sports bars again and watch live games before that there was only uh, the occasional boxing matches um, or UFC title matches along with golf, uh, lacrosse has been on and soccer, but now we're getting back into the quote unquote American sports and baseball's back. Opening day was just a few days ago. Um, the Nationals and the Yankees opened things up and unfortunately for baseball fans, they didn't get to see a full game because it ended up being shortened due to rain and lightning but if you're a Yankees fan which I'm pretty sure a lot of people are which is in my personal opinion a little unfortunate but they are America's baseball team to many uh, they did pull out that win in that rain shortened game and uh, Cole got his chance to make his dreams come true and he picked up his first win as a Yankee as well now, there are some unique circumstances I just wanted to touch on and give my thoughts on with this season. It's obviously already going to be shorter. It's been shortened to a 60-game season as opposed to 120-plus games. So it's a little less than half the normal season. And right before those first games got underway... Uh, Robert Manfred, the commissioner of the MLB, and the union announced that there will be a 16-team playoff format for the conclusion of this season. That means there's going to be two per division. Normally there's only one. And then there's going to be four other wild cards based on record. 
So there's some pros and cons I just wanted to touch on real quick on this format. I think it's nice. Um, I have listened to some other commentators and announcers and whatnot and analysts, and I'm in agreement with them. They basically said that if there were any year to try out a multitude of different things, this would be the year to do it. There's already a shortened season. There's all these other factors that are happening. So why not add some more into the mix? So the pros, in my opinion at least, of having a 16-team playoff format is there's going to be more strategy involved earlier in the season. Most teams get eliminated I mean, you think of last year, there are some teams that get eliminated from playoff contention with a month left in, in the season or two or three weeks, which is pretty crazy considering that baseball is played almost every day. So that's 14 to 20 or more games that you are out of a wild card spot. So there's going to be... Um, some more strategy involved in order to make it into the playoffs. Um, because there's only 60 games, then there might be more emphasis on getting more players out there, um, changing up your pitching rotation more, putting in, pulling your starting pitchers at least near the beginning of the season um, earlier than normal and then relying on them heavy, more heavily as the season winds down. There's also going to be more teams having chances at getting deeper into the postseason. There's several teams that have never even won a World Series and one that's never even made it there. And lastly, and more importantly, for the MLB and for TV networks everywhere, this is a much more exciting deal for the fans as opposed to the players and, and the coaches and the analysts and everyone else. As a fan, you know that there's a lot better chance of your team possibly making the playoffs. Um, that's even more exciting if it's a team that's hasn't been there uh, recently, such as the Padres, um, the, the Mariners, or so on and so forth. Um, you look at just last year and the Washington Nationals won their first World Series against all odds. They had multiple chances of being eliminated and um, it's just going to be like that. But a wider scope of teams have a chance of possibly doing the same thing. I mean, that's not going to say that there aren't heavy favorites such as the Dodgers um, I know our heavy favorites along with the Yankees are up there as well um, and a multitude of other teams, but this gives a complete slate of all the teams a chance at making the playoffs, which is really cool. However, the con to or the negative with this playoff format is there is considered to be less of an emphasis on wins. And that won't really come into play until we get deeper in the season. But with, I mean, pe teams aren't going to care about 
as much about getting wins because you just need to finish in the top two in your division to make it into the playoffs and then have a if you don't have a good enough record to make it in as a wild card team whereas before you had to win the division and then there were the chances of making it via wild card but that's not the case this season and that's also a, a pro and con in itself but Overall, I, I like the move in, uh, in extending that playoff format. Now, that along with other rule changes, is there a chance that they're going to implement this going forward past this season? It's probably unlikely, but that all depends on TV ratings and it, it's just kind of an experimental season. So they're gonna, they're probably gonna take a look and see at the results of all these uh, these actions and decisions that they're making, and if they do stand up to or even do better than what uh, Robert Manfred and the Major League Baseball anticipated, then maybe they'll keep some of these rules going forward. Now, there also has been some debate about the extra inning rule in which a runner starts at second uh, going from the 10th inning onwards. Also, pros and cons to this. Um, I was watching some analysts debate about this, and they said there's more strategy involved because some teams will try and advance via bunt, sacrifice bunt, sacrifice fly, or something like that. They just need to advance that runner to third, and then they have two outs to potentially get that runner home, 45 feet. It's really not that not that difficult, um, or 90 feet, my bad. Uh, it's not that difficult, but overall... I mean, there there should be a good chance of it. And some teams, there's been a couple of instances already this season of the extra inning rule coming into effect. The first with the Oakland A's and the Los Angeles Angels going into extra innings. The Angels were unable to score in the top part of the inning, whereas the A's ended up loading the bases and Matt Olson hit a grand slam to walk-off win for the A's in their home stadium. Um, again, that wasn't necessarily strategy-wise, but there is the potential. Um, this was a rule that was being tested in the minor leagues, and I know there was some, some good reaction to that. Um, so they decided to test it in the majors, and it'll be interesting to see how that applies there were some analysts that said it, it goes against the old rules of baseball and it's not so much relying on the skill players that you have or endurance of a team because some teams run out of pitcher like pitching depth or their players get tired and then it, you know, it's a marathon at that point, and a win's a win at times, but at the same time, I think they're trying to cut down these five- and six-hour games, um, especially with 
a shortened season and not as many days off for rest so it all it's all trying to help the players stay healthy and whatnot um ultimately i personally like it but it's only been the first weekend of games so there's a lot it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out through the rest of the season another thing i want to note which is somewhat interesting just a morsel of information is that no team has come out of this first series unscathed there's not one single team who's still undefeated through this first weekend and while it's way too early to determine which teams are starting off hot and which aren't there's not really a dominant team out there um i know last year the seattle mariners got off to a ridiculous hot streak i I mean, there are teams that are winning 10-plus games in a row. Maybe not to start the season, but it's right around there. And so far, the best teams are 2-1. and one. There were a handful of teams that came into yesterday's games, and they were undefeated, but they all went down one way or another. There are some teams that have shown a little bit more dominance in terms of offense, such as the Dodgers, Twins, Astros, um, and uh, yeah. And they've all got double-digit positive score differentials so far, so they've won their games by 10 or more run plus runs in combined in all of their wins. Another morsel to note is that, and, and this... Some people might be against this because they're all like, oh, the baseballs are juiced. That's why there are so many home runs. I mean, it's a possibility, but when you've been missing baseball and sports in general, it's kind of, and there, I mean, there's no fans in the stands, but it's still, it's still just as fun to, uh, to see all these home runs leaving the park and, and all these players are, are still able to to hit all these home runs and whatnot. So as of right now, and I'm recording this while watching the Giants and Dodgers game uh, for Sunday Night Baseball. We're in the top of the seventh inning, so there's a potential they could add on to this. But so far, through this first uh, series of games for the most part, there's been 103 homers hit so far. Over 100 home runs. That's insane. The only day that didn't really have many, there was three on opening day. And there were only four teams that played. So that was that was expected. But there's been 25 or 30 hit every day since, which is just crazy to think. I mean, these guys, there's definitely no question which these guys have remained healthy during this quarantine this pandemic because they're still able to launch balls all over the park and leading the pack is nelson cruz for the twins he's hit three dingers and accounted for 10 rbis including seven rbis and two home runs in their monstrous win over the white Sox the other day final thing i want to note which is also interesting is 
there's 10 new managers all across baseball. The Mets, the Angels, the Astros, the Cubs, the Padres, the Red Sox, the Phillies, the Pirates, the Giants, and the Royals all have new managers. Not to say that they're inexperienced managers, such as uh, Joe Madden went to the Angels, and Joe Girardi went to the Phillies, and Mike Matheny went, well, he's his second year at the Cardinals, but he's still pretty young for... Uh, in terms of his tenure with the Cardinals. But overall, there's really no managers that have been with one ball club for very long, whereas there were so many managers for, for quite some time in years past where they were there five, ten more or more years. But there's been a lot of turnover, and so far they have accounted for a 13-17 and 17 record. Not terrible, but not great either. Most of those teams have only one win, whereas the Cubs and the Astros and the Padres have accounted for two wins, and the Giants have a new coach as well. So that record is pending based on this game. Currently, the Giants are up 3-1, to one, so it could be 14-17, and 17 and the Giants could get their second win. But as of right now, those new, quote-unquote, new managers are under 500, but there's still a lot of, I mean, it's just the opening weekend. They've done, uh, you know, they're, they all have pretty good teams. The Padres have come out real hot, uh, almost started out undefeated, but 2-1. and one. And the Cubs are living up to their expectations. And the Giants are just super young, uh, just for another instance there. And they're figuring it out as they go. But one thing's for sure, baseball is back. We can all celebrate at least until the NBA resumes starting later this week. I'm sure that the, the ratings for baseball are going to go down a little bit as other sports start to uh, resume. But I did see one other note was, I believe it was 4 million viewers tuned in to the Nationals and Yankees game, which was the most viewers in nine years on any network for any regular season game, which is just incredible. That just shows... Then again, I mean, the Nationals won the World Series and the Yankees are the Yankees, but still, that just shows how much people miss sports. And it'll be interesting to see if there's a trend in in terms of the TV ratings as we go throughout this season and how the postseason compares. But I'm just happy that baseball's back and... It's going to be a wild ride. Speaking about uh, playoff format changes, let's talk about the NBA Finals for a minute. So you'd pretty much be a little remiss if you didn't think that the Lakers had a solid chance at winning the NBA Finals this year. What with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I know uh, Rajon Rondo is is hurt um but 
I mean, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You don't really need to say much more about that for the Western Conference. And then the East will likely be represented by the Milwaukee Bucks. If it came to that, I would honestly... I want to say I would root for the Bucks, but what with everything that's happened this season and this year and with the whole Kobe Bryant thing, I just felt like, at least at the time before COVID took over, that the Lakers were going to we're gonna win it for Kobe. And I still think that they have a, a solid chance. But looking more at the playoff picture in general, um, I do love how it's set up with looking at some of the best records in the NBA. A, clearly the Western Conference is a lot tighter than, than the East was. But this gives the chance of even the Phoenix Suns somehow, some way, could make it into the playoffs with their their possible play-in games. Uh, as of right now, Portland and Memphis are are real close for that eight spot. Um, Dallas is also on the line, so there's two two spots up for grabs in the Western Conference. And like I said, the Phoenix Suns could make it. The San Antonio Spurs could make it. Sacramento Kings could make it. And then the Pelicans are shortly behind the Blazers, sitting currently in tenth. But they all have a chance to uh, to make make it into the postseason. Um, personally, I think that Portland is going to overtake Memphis, um, which would be kind of unfortunate because John Morant is uh, an amazing rookie for the Grizzlies but Portland has uh, CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard and then Yusuf Nurkic is healthy again he was playing in scrimmages this week uh, Zach Collins is now healthy again he was he's been playing in scrimmages this week so they have their bigs back they also have Hassan Whiteside, who was just a double-double monster for most of this season for the Trailblazers. And while it's kind of an odd spot for them to be in, usually they're up in that 5-6 range for the Western Conference. They're still not out of it. And I give them a good chance at at making into the playoffs and maybe, maybe knocking off the Lakers if they s sneak in or possibly playing the Clippers uh, at that 7-2 matchup. And you look at the Eastern Conference right now, Brooklyn, the Nets, and the Orlando Magic are on the, on the wire, and the Washington Wizards could possibly make it. I know Bradley Beal um, was reported not to be able to play the rest of the season, uh, so that's a, a big loss for... The Wizards but if I recall correctly John Wall was should have had enough time to overcome his injuries um, so they have a good chance of making it as well but as of right now looking at the playoff picture if it stands as is and no teams switch up for playing games or anything I see the Lakers uh, making it and I think the Mavericks can upset the Clippers, but the Nuggets are going to play the Lakers 
in the Western Conference Finals. Um, Nurkic has slimmed down ridiculously. Bulbul, the rookie, is starting to come into form. Um, I mean, the Nuggets have finally started to find the postseason more regularly, and I don't think that's gonna they're gonna make a deep run in these playoffs. And then you look at the Eastern Conference; the Bucks should handle whoever they play. Currently slated to play the Magic. Um, the Heat will most likely beat the Pacers. Uh, Sabonis for the Pacers has been dealing with plantar fasciitis, so his status is very unlikely. I know he left the bubble this week. Um, the Celtics play the Sixers as of right now. Celtics will probably win that. And then the Raptors and the Nets could be interesting. I know Kevin Durant isn't playing and, and whatnot. If he would, then they would have a solid chance at making it past that series at least. But I see the Bucks and the Celtics representing the East, and then it'll be the Bucks and possibly the Nuggets, dare I say. Uh, otherwise, the Lakers and the Bucks, and then I think it's going to be a best of, hopefully a best of seven, but... I think that the Lakers win it in in six or seven games. But honestly, I think the NBA has done an amazing job in in trying to get this season resumed. Um, they put them in a bubble, obviously. There's been a lot of uh, talk about players leaving and coming back with excused absences and having to undergo uh the quarantine period and everything so it's an interesting scenario uh for some of the teams but if everybody stays healthy and everything goes according to plan this is going to be a phenomenal salvageable part of the season and the nba and adam silver have to be given a lot of props for putting all this together that being said i won't really touch on the NHL a whole lot, but they put together the first plan to my uh, understanding of trying to get a postseason together. They put together a very comprehensive plan with Gary Bettman and the union and players representing for the union. They all came together and there was a multi-stage process and they finally gotten to the point where they can play games again in about a week's time or a few days' time. And it's almost been flawless. Like, I haven't heard anything negative in terms of the NHL. Uh, players are just ready and excited to get back on the ice and have a chance at hoisting the Stanley Cup, uh, the most coveted trophy in all of sports, or so the hockey fans say. But I'm excited as well. Uh, we're going to have playoffs for the NBA and the NHL starting back up in the next few days. It's a great time to be a sports fan. We all, I almost don't want to say this, but we all deserve this for what we've gone through. We've hung in there. Um, we've done our part for the most part, and players have done their part. And 
everything's going to hopefully go off without a hitch. I know that there's still a lot in the air, up in the air. If something goes wrong, then it'll be interesting to see how the leagues react. But fingers crossed that players stay healthy and that we as fans, even though we don't get to be there in person, we get to witness a very interesting time for sports and that we get a lot of close games. Um, Hopefully the star players have some really good games. The playoffs are already intense, so there's going to be some high emotions and, and whatnot there and then the nhl is always fun to watch during the playoffs so i'm pumped to to see what happens um hopefully the blackhawks or the avalanche can can show up i don't really have a whole lot of (laughs) a whole lot of hope for the blackhawks i did see brent seabrook is injured so he's not going to be playing for them in this in these playoffs um the avalanche are an incredible team and hopefully they can get to the finals that would be awesome um and then you know next year if everything still goes according to plan we can have normal seasons again then you're gonna have uh, a full season for for all sports and then pretty soon the seattle kraken um which they just announced their new nhl team name they're gonna be in it as well it will be interesting to see if they can try and replicate what the las vegas golden knights did and make it to the stanley cup in their first year of existence kind of don't see it happening but anything's possible regardless it's a great great time to be a sports fan let's just acknowledge the fact that sports are back and you know not uh not have to worry too much about all the happenings in the world we can use it as an escape um from time to time but let's just bask in this uh these wonderful few weeks to come hopefully football will also be back um in august or september so we'll ride out these playoffs and then football be back and then hopefully we'll be back to a little bit more normalcy but we'll we'll see what happens until then let's just uh be thankful for what we do have and everybody stay healthy out there and i'll touch on the cubs next so i know i already talked about the mlb being back but i just wanted to touch on the cubs for a moment uh they do deserve it as does kyle hendricks he threw a gem a complete gem a complete game for that matter, to start this season, allowing three hits and going the distance. And his offense backed him up just enough. Anthony Rizzo and Ian Happ went deep for the 3-0 win. The The Brewers retaliated the following day with an 8-3 win, and then the Cubs dismantled the Brewers to win the series 9-1 to on Sunday. Now, a couple things I just want to note. Again, Kyle Hendricks had an amazing game. Um, When I was looking at the lineup, at least in terms of the pitching rotation, I was shocked to see that John Lester was listed as the fourth pitcher as opposed to um, Tyler Chatwood being 
in that spot. I really didn't know who was going to fill in the rotation. It's still up for, up for grabs, I think. Um, and in terms of some other pitchers that were starting leaving after last season, um, but it'll be interesting. Lester gets the start today against the Reds. And then Tyler Chatwood threw an absolute gem himself yesterday. He went six innings, I believe. Um, and he had nine or ten strikeouts. So he he definitely did his job. And the offense exploded finally um, at Wrigley. Fanless, of course. But still, it's Wrigley Field. Um, the Cubs are now two and one and it's interesting because at least that first game pros and cons are that the bullpen didn't get a chance to pitch that means they didn't get a chance to blow it at the same time they didn't get that experience it kind of showed in that second game when they uh blew it up uh you darvish didn't really do them a whole lot of favors to start the game but the bullpen did not help at all and so far, Craig Kimbrell has yet to see any action. Cubs didn't get a chance to utilize him in the third game since they were up by eight runs in the ninth inning. Um, Kimbrell is definitely a question mark um, for the Cubs. Last year, he did not really meet expectations, so hopefully this year... The shaven Kimbrel without the beard, the much younger, different-looking Kimbrel will show up, and he'll go back to his stellar ace closing self when he was with the Red Sox. I mean, the Cubs did sign him for a reason. They got rid of some of their other relief pitchers, such as Pedro Strope. Um, and hopefully he can he can show up. So far they haven't needed to use him, so that's uh eh I guess that's a good thing. But we'll see what happens when he finally gets gets in to get some action. Um props to David Ross for leaving Hendricks in for that first game to see if he could finish it out even when Hendricks got in a jam. And I mean so far David Ross, say what you will. Yes, he doesn't have managerial experience before this year, but he's a very likable guy. The players all know him for the most part, and he's got the Cubs off on a roll, tied for first in the NL Central. Again, it's only three games in, but first is first, and wins matter this year more than ever. Well, that'll be it for episode eight of Burby Sports Block. Thanks for tuning in, and I will hopefully be getting back on a regular schedule in terms of putting up content every week. Now that sports are back, uh, definitely helps. Hopefully, you all stay safe out there, um, and we'll get back to some normalcy before we know it. This is Mike Burvey signing off.